Welcome to the Insecurity Project Podcast. Most people think the best you can do with insecurity is mask it, manage it, or medicate. I'm convinced this is a problem that can be solved for good, and that's what this show is all about. Join me for weekly 10-minute Tuesday episodes, live coaching demonstrations, and world-class interviews on the subject of overcoming insecurity. Now on to today's show. Christina, here we are. Live coaching session being recorded. That's a big deal. That's a very kind thing for you to do to be willing to uh, show your vulnerability and allow other people to listen in. So appreciate that. Uh, you mentioned you've, you've read both the Unhindered book and the Elegantly Simple book. So you kind of across a lot of the concepts. Um, but just give me an insight into where you think you're stuck today and, and how you imagine I could be most useful. Okay. Thanks, Jermaine. Um, it's Jamin, too, Jamin. By the way. Yes, I'm sorry. I, That's okay. As soon as it came out, I knew it sounded wrong. <laughs> um, okay, so I um, I think that I am. There, there was one concept you talked about in your in in your unhindered book about the difference between uh, onion layers and I think spiraling. Mm. Well, spiraling even sounds like you could spiral out of control and almost like it was a new altitude that you were going up a, a mountain the same maybe the same pattern but you wanted to do it differently um or you had a right? high, higher view of that same issue you, yes, you spiraled yes. around the mountain and now you're 100 meters higher yes so i am not the same person that i was six years ago mm. when i started a business and um almost almost unconsciously when I think about it, I was so driven. So I'm a, I'm a, I'll give you a bit of context. I'm a 47-year-old school teacher um, who has been teaching since I got out of university, so a long time, um, part-time since I had children. When I was 39, I felt driven to uh, buy a vintage caravan and do it up and it became a craft room, which then led to a small birthday party business in my backyard, which then led to me wanting to start a social enterprise and open a shop. And six years ago, I opened a shop and ran it for two years and then and then closed it down, brought the caravan back home and um, handed over the shop lease, I suppose, to somebody else who's now just running it as their business. So I am feeling like, like right now I'm a there's something stirring and I'm about to I guess take where I finished off there and start again except that six years ago or four years ago that whole thing almost killed me spat me out and <laughs> and, I, and I have been recovering ever since so I think I'm not the same person that I was when I started that, but I am terrified of letting it consume and overwhelm me, become all of my everything and, you know, gobble me up. Like I almost let that happen with the business. So um, so I'm, I'm just really, really, I'm, I'm very stuck. So the thing that I need to, so, okay, so the business was running children's birthday parties and I'm a teacher and it was also a collective store. So 
uh, people that were crafty and ran their own little business would come and rent a small space and together we'd share the, you know, rent and outgoings of the shop. And it was a very beautiful community space and crafting was going on and, you know, it was very healing and lovely and, but it wasn't making any money. And so I needed to get out because it was every weekend, every school holidays. I have three boys that I was trying to, that I was raising. Like it was just consuming. I started to drink in an unhealthy way um, and it, it was bigger than I felt like I had the character to manage. Mm-hmm. It was bigger than me. Uh, I had, you know, I, I just started running birthday party businesses. That's how it was meant to begin and that's what brought me joy. Um, but when I started taking craft stockists into the shop, um, they, I was a leader, I suppose. They, there was politics going on. Um, they, some of them were sort of, I wasn't used to being sucked up to because <laughs> I was like the boss and I wasn't used to that position. Um, so I, 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 didn't, I didn't know I was suddenly going to be managing people and I wasn't ready for that. And, and I also had never, like I just found myself accidentally in this position, to be honest. There was something in me when I was 39 that had enough drive and um, capacity to strip back an old unused chemist. I'm going to say with my husband's help, he was the one laying the floor and painting the walls. But, you know, like we just went, let's open a shop. And neither of us, I was a teacher, he's an engineer. Neither of us had experience but we made it happen and we had this community of people that wanted it to happen and it all happened and it was great except it also nearly killed me mm-hmm. and so now I want to use what I learned now I actually teach entrepreneurial schools to teenagers in my school role as a teacher and I want to write a curriculum that helps people find their you know the reason that they're here uh, as teenagers using those skills so it's very formational and then also educationally sound so it can be used in school contexts with teenagers as a high school curriculum so that's you know nothing small mm, sure. <laughs> so I'm doing it at my school currently and that's fine um, but it um, I find it very hard to document what I'm actually doing mm. and that's the bit that um, that's the bit that I'm stuck and what if it becomes wanted by other schools and then people criticise it? You know, it's all, yeah, all that, all of that, all of that, all of that. And I cannot get into a position where I, because I, I will say that I don't drink anymore and that, that really did become a problem. Like not I even, had to. Not even when you're thirsty? <laughs> I don't drink alcohol anymore. <laughs> Let's put that, yes, in this right place. I just had a cup of tea before I came on, so I certainly drink. Um, I don't drink to avoid, you know, the pain that I'm feeling, but I do eat. So I haven't really fixed that issue. I've just replaced it with something else that avoids pain. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to mm. use food to escape. So um, trying to work out, um, uh, there's a lot of, you know, when I read your um, complex people, simple problems book, 
I really resonated with the um, the discussion around helplessness and hurtfulness. I I want people to like me. Oh yeah, <laughs> even yeah, even my twelve year old who I know shouldn't have a second donut. <laughs> No, like I'm just like, oh, peace, whatever. But actually it's because I don't want him to say, oh, you're horrible. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so I know that. And it does drive a lot of how I feel about things. But is it just a matter of knowing? I mean, I don't, I, that's, that's, that's the bit I, I try to change the way I think about it. But I guess deep down I still think it and so it doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, okay, some really useful data, and thanks for sharing that. I'm taking a few notes and have some things I'm curious to ask you about in a moment, but just really want to lean into what you know the outcome you're looking for for today. So, what what are you really hoping for from this conversation? I would like to work out why I think some of the things I think that then lead me to feel so compelled to help or take things personally. I would like to be able to shrug and move on. Sure. And if you could do that, then what would that open up for you? Um, Well, I think I'd be able to get on with, doing what I need to do because I won't worry about what other people think about it. I'll know it's I'll know it's good. Yeah, I'll sure. know that I have got what it I've got the experience that I'm writing about so I know what I'm talking about. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. Something else? Um, no, I've forgotten what I was going to say. I think it was just that. No, I've forgotten. It's just what you're thinking about that. You mentioned at the start of the conversation that you're, you know, ready to lean back into business again, but you're terrified that, uh, you know, last time you did this, it spat you out. And so there's a real internal reservation around going in there. That's also part of the problem you're trying to solve at the moment. So which of these two problems do you think is most important for the conversation today? Dealing with, you know, this internal resistance to leaning back into the business space and doing what you know you want to do uh, or really focusing on why you're worried so much about what others think of you? I actually think it's the second one because what I'm concerned about is that it would change my identity and is that a bad thing? Like I like that I'm likeable and make friends easily and people want me around. And I've noticed actually that I'm re- right into watching shows with really strong women in them lately, like like that series Billions where the women are all, you know, ball breaking and, hmm. and there's one called Morning Wars that's on Apple TV and Jennifer Aniston's, you know, given it all to them and and i just like oh this is really interesting that i'm finding these shows so it's like they're i'd like to channel a bit of them but i also don't want to be i don't know up at three o'clock in the morning 
killing myself on a stepper machine so that I'm the skinniest one in the room and and got the makeup happening and and looking like a really ambitious woman. I don't I don't actually want to be that person, but I want to feel like that person. Yep. Yeah, cool. Okay. Now that, that's really interesting that you brought that up. But that's probably a, a useful way into the conversation from here. That the metaphor of strong women uh, as portrayed dramatically in TV series. Uh, I, I also am a big fan of TV series and like characters and really leaning into characters and trying characters on. And when you you know, when you conceptualize that all we have is story and we're storytellers, then characters. Uh, then all we've got as well. So, if you were to if you were to consider that the person that you have been for how many forty seven years did you say? Yeah. Say that you've been a character for forty seven years, rather than you've been you. What what if you just made that subtle shift in your language? You have created a character. Uh, you have understood that character and really fleshed out the development of that character. Um, but that character is very predictable. That character has certain idiosyncrasies. That character is known by others to follow a certain set of rules and not play outside the guidelines. Just like when you see other characters dramatically, you, you can kind of predict, oh, if, if that character were here right now, I could imagine what they would say or do because you've got a track record of how they've done that in the past. Yeah. So when, when, when you just examine that, lean into that, uh, rather than I'm, I've been me for 47 years, uh, I've, I've created a character and, and played a certain role for 47 years. Uh, how does that subtle shift feel to you? Well, it, I think it means that I can look at that character with more objectivity than clinging to the reasons why I behaved in that way. Definitely, it will give you more objectivity. You're right. What else would it open up for you? Well, I think it would give me the chance to tell a different story if it's a character. If, if it's a character, you're right, it would have to give more choice. So you go, well, if it's a character when someone's created that character for a certain reason to play a certain role, okay, well, then create another character. Yeah. You know, a minute ago you said, well, I want to be like this, but I don't want to be like this. Okay, well, if identity's fixed and you're just a product of your experience and your environment and your parenting, then too late, too bad. Hmm. Um, but if you're a character, then okay, you could be a different character. I could. So can you actually, um, I know that I, I read in one of your books, probably although it was the first one you wrote, the second one I read, mm. um, that maybe it was the first one, but that you can change, that you have had a go at changing, um, um, you've had different roles in your life and so you've almost like leant into them. So when you've wanted to write a book, you've gone all in and been like you imagine an author to be. Mm. And that's helped you get that book out of you. Yeah, um, is that is that what a little bit of what you're well, sure. saying so, right so now? Well, definitely, sure. Definitely part of the application of this idea. If you can kind of understand the power you have not to be the actor but the storyteller 
and you then reimagine your experiences of your past through that same lens and go, okay, so I've created a certain character to play mm. a certain role to meet certain needs and protect from, protect from certain fears. And I've got good at playing that role and being that character. But if it is just a character to meet certain needs and protect certain fears, well, then I could develop a new character for this season to meet these needs and protect these fears. So I, I could because I've, I've obviously got the technology inside me because I created <laughs> the, first, the first one. I'm obviously good at creating characters. Um, yeah. Rather than I'm, if I'm an actor, then someone else is good at creating characters. But if you kind of go, no, no, I created this character at a certain time growing up in the house that I did with a certain expectations, values, goals, strong characters, enter Christina. Okay, who's Christina going to be? How's she going to play this game? How's she going to fit in? How's the narrator going to introduce her? How's she going to develop her character? What kind of patterns will she adapt to? Uh, I actually had that experience happen um, maybe four years ago, five years ago. I changed churches. So I'd been at a church for about 17 years and because I'd had little kids, I'd been, and I'm a teacher, I'd been involved with Christ and Kids Church and all the things. So I left and we went to a new church. And when I was introduced, because I had the business and I had this shop, somebody introduced me to the group as a businesswoman. Mm. And I almost shook my head and took a step back because I've never been introduced like that. I've been yeah. I've always been a teacher or a mother. Or um, yeah. And I thought to myself, I have a chance here to be someone a little bit different. And I actually, but so so for that season, I was. I didn't help out at the kids' church. You know, I kind of did other things, and so that was that was a, a taste of that being different. Hmm. Yeah. So so therefore, another example of the fact you've got the technology and you've had the application of that technology in a certain sphere of your life at a certain time. So, what's the resistance to applying? that to this season do you think um um okay so the business didn't make can't make it's very difficult to make a profit out of craft because it takes so long to make and that was the nature of my business um although I was kind of managing people who were making the craft but basically my business the way I was running it as a social enterprise didn't make enough profit for me to justify giving up the day job of teaching. And so I went back to teaching. Um, but what I went back to teaching was a, an elective at year 10 level, teaching kids how to start a social enterprise. So it, it led to something, but it, it took me back to teaching. Um, so the internal resistance is that I don't really feel like I know how to run a business mm. because I gave it up. Mm-hmm. Or I saw that it wasn't working. Or maybe I was smart, got out before it took us under. You know, it never lost. We never lost money. We just didn't make any. And oh my goodness, the time and energy it took. Mm. Never get that back. Sure. So, so just uh, use the objectivity card that you you saw that you had a minute ago, and imagine if you'd seen that dramatically. If you're watching a TV series and the lead character was running a social enterprise without making any money. And that was the drama associated with her using all available resources and time and being burnt out and then turning to the drink to 
um, escapes on <laughs> the pain around that. You could write a story about this. Of course, you? of course you could. I mean, you, that you'd, you'd watch that. Make it a that. great TV show. Everyone, kids, come on, the show's on. Everyone, <laughs> let's watch. Um, so you go, okay, so just because you didn't find a way to make it work doesn't actually mean anything other than that character didn't know how to make it work. Mm. That character didn't have the qualities of another character. You know, you put Jennifer Aniston in or someone from Billionaires into that same role, second mm. season, in comes the new owner. Right, a few changes yeah. around here. Then all of a sudden things are starting to pick up. They, they've got a different set of skills and therefore can turn the business profitable. So there's nothing wrong with the business. There's nothing wrong with the idea. There's nothing wrong with the social enterprise, with craft. People have made money from craft for centuries and will continue to do so, no doubt. Um, it's just the character. So it all becomes a little less personal when you start playing with this metaphor. Mm. Rather than I'm a failure, I can't, I'm afraid, I don't know what it, what it takes. I don't have what it takes. I'm a fraud. It's like, well, okay, um, sure, you're welcome to run with that narrative, but then that paralyzes you to start again. And Yeah. It does, yeah, and it and is that, keeping me stuck. And it causes you to cling to the one character that you've played well, which is the mm. teacher who everybody likes. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. But if you're watching a TV series with that character, I reckon you'd get a little bored. <laughs> or you'd want you'd want more for her. You'd look at her going, ah, oh, I feel like she's being wasted. I feel like. There's some more gold inside her, right? and I know there is. I've seen glimpses of it, but it just seems, hmm, I'm a bit puzzled by this character. What's she doing teaching? There'd be some confusion yeah. in the audience if they saw that character. Yeah. Uh, how, how are we going so far? Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing... Um... As an audience member of that story, I am seeing the um, the excitement that was with the the first scenario, the you know running the shop and then even going into the classroom, but using what I know now and how I felt. Oh my goodness, feeling the roller coaster of emotions and the self development journey that I took when I it was you know. The best personal development journey you'll take is starting mm. a business. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like I couldn't have learned those things at university doing a masters of business in order to then go into the classroom and teach business studies. I absolutely get it when the kids start their own little businesses and and yeah, give sure. up or meet roadblocks. So that's what I want to be doing but the thing is the scary thing about that is that it's it's not secure because I have to go and um and there's also a deep satisfaction in finding those kids because they want you to teach them those things they want to know how to start a business they they they're practically doing it themselves they, they don't even need a teacher almost like they just want you to cheer them on and find them the point them in the right direction right and but there's less of them it is much easier to show up and get paid and then bring the class to you. But in that class, I have, you know, 20 students, maybe six of them are interested. <laughs> mm. um, five of them are just compliant and five of them are disengaged and 
being troublemakers at the back. Sure. Um, well, the, and the I way- completely respond to the five disengaged ones and panic and think everybody hates me and hates this yeah, and sure. it's just bleh. Sure. Um, so there's a few things to focus on now to reset and really make sense of where we're at so far. Excuse me. Um, the first point is, you know, coaching coaching is always oriented towards the outcomes, and I think um, that's because success is oriented towards the outcomes. Stephen Carvey says one of the habits of highly successful people is they begin with the end in mind and they work their way back. So um, if you, the importance of, you know, getting in touch with that dream, although it's scary, although it's problematic, although there's you haven't developed a character who can play the lead role in that dream yet, nevertheless, mm. without a dream, without the end game, without the vision, then there's no reason to reinvent. There's no reason to push through. There's no reason to find an alternate strategy. It all just gets too hard and you're left with what you don't want rather than what you do, which is a predicament so many people find, them, find themselves in. It's, it's dangerous to have a dream, uh, but to desire is human. So each one of us have a dream. So that's, that's first for you to lean into that and go, yeah, actually I do, I do want to go again. I, I do have more to offer. Um, there is something inside me. I could find a way to, to get better at this and actually make a difference and make money at the same time, I'm sure. I haven't worked it out yet, but it is what I want. Uh, then, then there is an opportunity for you to review the last failed attempt. I, I don't know whether you heard the podcast I recorded on agency. Is that a familiar subject? Yes, yes. Uh, well, I'm trying to. Actually, it was one of my questions. I think um, how do you work with those that don't have agency? Because that's what I was finding in my in my teenagers, but the ones that do have agency are the ones that want to be there. So, so they're the ones I really want to go after if I, if I, yeah. Well, let's not worry, let's not worry about kids without agency first. Let's, let's make sure you've got full agency to be the woman you want to be. And, and then out of the overflow of your journey, you fully showing up, then obviously that's your best chance at imparting and and inspiring and equipping a generation of young entrepreneurs underneath you. Uh, so part of the agency problem is when you review the data around the last time you tried to do this and, and the story you come out of is out with is, yeah, it didn't go well. And I nearly, I got spat out and I it used up all my time and uh, didn't make any money. And I'm, you know, I'm a bit reluctant. And so I had a go at being the entrepreneur and I didn't do it well. So what does that mean? Because we're sense-making creatures, we always are answering those questions. What does it mean? And whether you're aware of the answer or not, you don't escape the answer. So um, when, when things go bad in our life, it's typical that we've created a negative response to what does that mean specifically about us. And that sticks in our psyche. It weakens our future. It dials down our expectations. It makes us reluctant to go again. Like it sits as a residual loss on our balance sheet. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I relate to that. I, I, you might have heard me talk about this or read about this, you know, aiming to win Townsville Marathon. And it was at the top of my goals list for probably 10 years and, and getting close but never doing it and just investing my whole energy into being the kind of guy who could win that race and then failing. And the disappointment, because the ambition was so high, the disappointment was, was bitter. Mm. But I knew that, you know, I knew that if I didn't reconcile that disappointment, 
it would diminish my hope for the future because unreconciled disappointment inevitably is is negative is negative meaning toward ourselves so i shouldn't have hoped i was stupid to dream i was never going to achieve that why did i put myself through that why did i talk such a big game i'm such an idiot my parents suffered my business suffered my body suffered all for what what an idiot settle down you know stop trying to be a superhero you're just a normal guy like that's all the unconscious reconciliation of that moment if i don't yeah. present a better narrative yeah yeah so i knew the importance of feeling the disappointment and then going back in when it had settled down a little bit and reconciling that experience and for each of those marathons i had to go in and go jamin i actually love that you're ambitious like i i do it is the best of you and um, that you thought that you could win that is is wonderful and that you were willing to organize all your energy toward that uh, even though it was a challenging thing and what you achieved in the last 16 weeks is remarkable and um you know you couldn't control who showed up on the day so it, this is, says nothing about you nothing about your character now lots of people loved watching your journey uh, they were they were really enjoyed seeing you progress and it's a wonderful thing and it's a great story to have and um this sets you up for for all all kinds of other things in your future. So this is this is a good thing, not a bad thing, even though it didn't work out the way that you wanted. And to whatever version of that, I had to actually uh, own that take and reconcile those opinions. Otherwise, I knew I would never dream again. So, uh, you know, similarly for you to have gone through a painful experience and come out the other side with a negative outcome. If you don't reconcile that, then your opinion about why that happens and what it means about you will stick inside you and can only diminish your confidence to go again. So that's interesting. And I think I can be on the, the right path to that thought train because um, just this morning I went for a walk and I so I didn't go back to the shop and I unfollowed it, the, the new person that took over the shop. And I unfollowed it on social media and all the things because it was just too painful for obviously four years. Mm. <laughs> and I went back this morning for a coffee and that's probably the fourth time I've popped back in for a coffee just in the last couple of months. Mm. So that's that's good. But this morning I was the only person in the shop and I said to the um, cafe owner how I had just done an online craft workshop for the first time too on Sunday and Two women had never, who were in that craft workshop, had never heard of um, my my business, which was called Our Little Caravan. Um, but they had heard of Inchmill Cafe, which is the lady that took over, and they had been to a workshop in her shop. And what they said was, "Thank you for starting it." Mm. You know, and and lots of wonderful things have come out of that sh space that was started, even though you're not a part of it. Mm. It, it it got started and today I was looking at the floors that my husband had pulled all night as laying and the bricks, the you know, the brick wallpaper that had to be lined up specifically so the bricks <laughs> matched. It was yeah. not just looking at it and going, it's still going. Just, yeah. you know, and it led to me being able to do other things and still and get my life back mm. and be with my family. And, and what I have learnt means I'm not the same person. 
that mm. I was. And I've, you know, <clears throat> got a hold of the alcohol issue and we've had a son that's gone off the rails in the last two years and that's been a really hard time and I've been able to do it without drinking. Mm. So I am not the same person. Yeah, yeah beautiful. So that that's a great way into that. The, the point is to keep going, go all the way, plumb the depths of that, examine even the scariest parts of that, even the parts you haven't had the courage to look at yet. Because if there's if there are still some things like, yeah, but I still did that and yeah, but I dreamed like that and that didn't work out and yeah, but I still didn't make any money and yeah, but whatever the yeah, buts are, they will weaken your ability to create a new character for the new season. Because the last time you created a character, the character didn't work properly. The character didn't achieve the outcome you thought that character was capable of. Mm. So then you've kind of so, gone, sorry. No, well, I was just going to say, but I almost didn't create that character. I just, that character just happened. <laughs> that character oh, that, just was unconscious point. and went, and I'm going to open a shop and it's going to be fine. And I'm going to put it in a dead end street with no foot traffic. Yeah, that's a good idea. But, you know, just the rent's good. It must be. Oh. So now, I think it's a little bit like getting on a, um, you know, a roller coaster ride at the at the show. I used to do that with no inhibitions. Just get on it, enjoy the ride. Now, ooh, I'm so anxious going in and getting on. Whereas, and so that's the feeling I've got now. I know how big it is. What I uh, sure, and and I'm what I'm reflecting back to you is the reason you know how big it is is the fact that you are reflecting on the pain of an unformed character thrown into a scenario that they could only lose at. And then, then you took it further and blamed that character for failing and thought that that meant something really bad about you. So, mm. so you've personalised that experience and directed yes. that toward yourself, which has then put this bad taste in your mouth and this reluctance to go, well, I already know what this feels like. I know this experience, so I'm going to replicate that again. Why would I do that again? Even though I've got this dream, I don't have the skills. So the review process is to go back and actually objectively look at that and and to really involve all the parts of yourself to look at that because, you know, I get even in your language consciously, it's like, yeah, well, I mean, I I didn't even create that character. And, I yeah, I mean, I just kind of stumbled into it and picked a, a location that mightn't have been that conducive to great business or... I didn't have a lot of experience. So while you can think of that all objectively, it's to fully plumb the depths of that with the part of you that actually had that experience and reconcile it with them. Just to go, can we look at this? Can we review all the data around this failure, this perceived failure, and what you made it mean about you as a human being? And if Mm. you can get it back to a residual, like now it's a residual loss, if you can reconcile the books so it's a zero, then it loses all charge. Um, you could even move it into the positive. You could even go, my goodness, this is not a negative at all. I learned 30 extraordinary things about myself, about the world, about business that have set me up for this next venture to avoid every one of those pitfalls that I stumbled into the first time. Wow, I, this is no loss at all. This is a great advantage. I'm very well prepared to do this with great skill and conscious awareness and create a really well-formed character who's good at business. Yeah, one that charges properly. (laughs) 
of course, amongst other have, things. I mean, you would, <laughs> of course, you would have to. There's, be, there's some yeah. work, but so part of the business setup that a lot of people don't imagine is sure you got to have a business plan and some products to sell and an idea about who your target market is. But what about the character who's going to deliver on that business? Have you done any yes. work developing that person? Because if that person doesn't know how to charge, if that person doesn't know how to say no, if that person yes. isn't yes. clear about yes. their vision, okay, well, that person needs to set them up for failure. So you've yes. got to build the character. So that's what I've got to do. Yeah, yeah, I've got to, order, I've got to work on the character. Right, and, you, and to build that character with great skill, you will have to review the last time you build a character. So that you're not unencumbered by a perceived failure the last time. If you can come feeling confident that you know how to build characters and you're getting better at building characters, then you're a smart woman. You're an intelligent woman. You're a creative woman. Um, okay, well, you've got all that you need inside you to solve this problem. And I think that's the exact difference because the first I, I did say that I just almost did walked into this unconsciously. There was no character formation. There was nothing intentional about it. It was jump in and let's see how we can go with this. And now the character could be intentionally formed and I'm so much better at uh, being aware of there's so much more self-awareness that I have now um, just about all the things that can trigger me. Sure. And and back to... Back to Billions, Jennifer Aniston, other characters, you mentioned that you you are drawn to strong women, which you are curious around. So there is something about those characters that doesn't repel you, that doesn't make you cringe, that doesn't think, oh, they're bad women or I, you know, they're doing a bad job or something, life-giving about their strength. And now the cool thing around the fact that you've got the pen is you can choose which ele- whichever elements of those characters or or different characters altogether to create a version that you would like for yourself. If you've got the pen, you're writing the screenplay, well, make it however you like. Don't include this, do include this, dial this up, dial that down. Your character, your script. Mm. Yeah, could be fun. Uh, Yeah, if it's fun, it's a very different experience to the, the dread you had been feeling around what lies in front of you. That's true. Fun means you can have have some experiments, trial a few different hats on, some different characters. Mm. Maybe have a, a uh, run a show like The Apprentice where you've got a table full of characters and see which character wins. <laughs> <laughs> I, like the interesting, the character you mentioned that I use the character of an uh, a, an author to write the book, um, but I, I use clothes to great effect to be different characters. So I dress differently when I'm writing to when I'm coaching. I dress differently when I'm running to when I'm coaching. I dress differently when we're hanging out with as a family than when I'm running or when I'm coaching or when I'm writing. I dress differently when I'm speaking than when I'm writing because I know that I need a different character. Yeah, and, yeah, and I've I got do a have fun with that. My, I've got a jacket in my wardrobe that I wear when I want to look like an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, that's it's actually, really interesting. It's just like, oh, that's my entrepreneur jacket is what I think when I look at it. I can't wear that to work because that's yeah. not what a teacher wears. Well, of course, <laughs> and people, you see yourself differently and other people see, yeah. see yourself differently. No one else knows you're not like you're faking no, it, I know. Make it or you're not really confident. They go, oh, there's an entrepreneur, of course. 
like um there's a great scene in one of the one of the movies about um who was the british prime minister in the second world war oh churchill uh, churchill um and he was having a moment of doubt before having to go speak at parliament and and his wife was giving him courage saying you know just go and be you you know you're great it's going to be you and he looks at his mantelpiece and there's literally 30 hats hanging by his fireplace and he goes yes but which me should i be because oh. like each hat represented a different version of him and such a great metaphor because it's yeah, yeah yeah you're right we all have a range of different characters that we've developed in certain seasons and if you can have fun with it and realize that you have created and they haven't been created for you then you could and then you have that. the power don't you you have the power you, and you can get better at it and you can be more intentional and more nuanced just like a, a screenwriter who's developed their skill they get they write better characters mm. yeah that's helpful i i wish i could think of and maybe time will reveal this to me um a real person that i would like to be like in, over a television character um you know so that, i mean i guess if i could just and that might come to mind that i think of somebody who's a real um woman that i admire uh i mean i do admire annabelle crab the um but she's still on tv i i need to sort of imagine or not imagine get to know someone that's what that's i guess what a mentor is isn't it somebody who you'd like to be like that's a little bit ahead of you down the road and you ask them how they got there or sure you um, can you're, you're welcome to have it however you like do you mind if i just question that logic slightly because they're a real person yeah and how do you know they're a real person and how do you mm. know you like they're showing you a part of them that that's true that they're showing you a character that they've developed how do you know that's who they really are <laughs> like it's that's true how do you know they haven't just watched a series that they like on TV and dressed <laughs> like that person? And, and you go, oh, he's a real person and that person's imaginary. Well, we're all characters. We're all a work of fiction. We're all bits and pieces. We're all show up differently to different environments. Um, you know, you walked into this church, here's a businesswoman, and someone says, oh, thank goodness, he's a real businesswoman that I can model. And you're like, <laughs> Ah, oh, I just, quick, I'd better be one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ah, okay. So yeah. Um so I like I I go the other way. I would much prefer model a two-dimensional character than a real one. Okay. Because a two-dimensional character are more they're more predictable, they're more nuanced. Yeah. And and the screenwriter or the the, the whoever the movie producer has gone to great lengths to show you their idiosyncrasies and to invite you into their world. Whereas a real person might, you might not have anywhere near that level of access into their inner world that you do on someone in TV or movies. Um, so, yeah, I just, I like to pick bits and pieces and to uh, bring that to the table and create my own versions for certain yep. things. And, have, and, do, and I do have fun with it. Yeah, good. 
So whatever you require to have permission to write a new character, like so your rule, so you say, oh, I could I give myself permission to model a real person rather than a fake one. And then you can question that and go, well, how do I know they're real? Um, what does real even mean? Um, but you'll also, in order to have full permission to write a new character, will require you to review the last time you created a character to reconcile that. Yes. So, I mean, there's lots of ways we could have tackled this today. And uh, as I said before we recorded, an hour is not very long and it's very long. You know, it's a, yes. it's, a, it's a time for a complete conversation. Obviously, there's room for a lot more conversations and uh, explore lots of different ways. But that as a concept, the, the idea of character creation for a certain role, has that given you a way into this problem that is useful for you to take the next, the next step? Yes, yes, it has. Wonderful. Uh, is that an okay place to leave the conversation? Yeah, it is. Thank you. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. You've been listening to the Insecurity Project podcast. All you need to solve any problem is the proven framework and someone skillful enough to hold you in the space until it works. If this is your year to be insecurity free, jump on the insecurityproject.com and begin your journey to become unhindered by getting a free copy of the seven essential practices for overcoming insecurity.